You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 32 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the author of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, not doing too bad, thanks. So, not bad, not bad. Had a had a very pleasant wedding uh, that yeah, I attended on uh, uh, on Saturday, which kept me um, which kept me out of the football grounds. But um, hopefully, that will be something that I I remedy this coming weekend. Um, I'm rather looking forward to uh, to the clash of of uh, Warminster Town and uh, Radstock Town, which is yeah. uh, going to be happening not a million miles away from where I live. So, uh, I thought I'd be taking that in, but nothing to report. Um, this weekend, other than much revelry um, and uh, over imbibing, so I'm I'm very keen to uh, to uh, to hear from you on the rundown mm-hmm. of the um, uh, of the of the weekend's matches. But before we get in to that, we need a little bit of the old yellow ticker tape. Um, I don't know whether you're are you aware of breaking news in the world of grassroots football. Oh, uh, it depends what you're going to tell me, but I don't think so. Well, have you heard about sin bins? Mm, vaguely, but not. Not recently, so you're probably going to enlighten me. Well, the FA have made the, a, 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 an edict has been passed down from the mount. A tablet of stone um, has been uh, has been sent to um, to the to the Western League earlier uh, this month, and uh, the FA are confirming. Uh, that um, temporary dismissals will be introduced at steps five and six of the National League system from the 2019-2020 uh, season. Um, this follows the unanimous motion of Step 5 and 6 leagues to be considered for temporary dismissals at a meeting of the leagues on Sunday the 30th of September 2018. So this, this has been in the pipeline for some time and indeed I've noticed some discussion on social media um, about the prospect of sin bins which I think many people who keep an eye on um, grassroots football anticipated coming in at a much lower level than step 5 and 6 we, mm. we didn't think that necessarily step 5 and 6 would see the introduction this quickly but it has indeed happened and um, we talk about temporary dismissals but of course um, we are talking about sin bins players being sent to the bin, I believe the, the, the initiative is very much designed to deal with dissent, but of course I'm sure that there will be more information coming out of the Football Association, indeed the FA are very keen um, to address clubs at the, at the sort of the earliest convenience uh, with, a, with, a, with a rundown of how, of how the new initiative is actually going to work. It has been um, um, piloted, of course, in a number of leagues, but I don't. Well, it certainly hasn't been piloted in in our league, and um, uh, I'm sure many people listening to this will have questions about how it works and under what circumstances it would be appropriate to uh, to send a player to the bin. But it looks like sin bins will be with us from next year. So um, if you haven't already heard it, then you you heard it here. Possibly not first, but maybe second. So there you go. Anyway. Uh, let's get back to the, uh, the the important business of actually talking about football going on in the pitch, as opposed to um, to, to rule making. We we look back, of course, we're looking at the fixtures over the last week as well as uh, at the weekend. Um, there was a Premier Division game uh, on the 12th of March, Shortwood drawing at home with Brislington, but um, a big game. And that's no disrespect to Shortwood and Brislington, but a very big game taking place on Wednesday, the 13th of March, in the Premier Division, a proper six-pointer between Plymouth Parkway and Bitten. Yeah, two of the big guns uh, coming together. Well, this was the game in hand both sides had on Willems, obviously, uh, top of the table. 
And it was Plymouth Parkway who ran out 3-0 victors, uh, I believe, for the Parks. So another strong uh, home showing from them. Uh, Tegan Rosenquist, who scored a couple recently, brilliant name. Uh, he gave them an early lead. Uh, and then it was Mike Williams, uh, made it 6-6 six six for him uh, to, to double the tally uh, after half an hour. Uh, and then it was Shane Crack uh, in the second half, adding a third. So, yeah, Plymouth Park were running out 3 uh, 0 winners against Bitner. As you say, a really big game. Yeah, big game, big result in the grand scheme of things in the Premier Division, but still plenty of football to be played. Indeed, of course, those two sides will meet each other before the end of this month um, for, the, for the return leg of that, uh, of that league encounter. Um, we had a bit of Friday night football as well, didn't we, Tommy? A first mm-hmm. division clash, a, a Wiltshire derby, and, and this game got more people to it than that Plymouth Parkway Benton one we've just talked about. Yeah, it seems to be a, a, a trend, doesn't it, these Friday night games getting big crowds. Uh, despite the horrible weather uh, that we had on Friday evening. I mean, it was a bit wet, a bit windy, and um, yeah, not the most pleasant evening, but 184 down there uh, to see caution. Uh, unfortunately, the home side did fall to a, a 2-1 defeat against Warminster, who obviously in cracking form at the moment. Uh, but they did go ahead. Uh, caution, Josh Bright curling the ball into the top corner. Uh, really good goal. I think there's a clip on, uh, on, on, uh, on social media, and uh, yeah, one of the goals of the season, potentially. Uh, but Warminster managed to, to come back and, and gain the three points. And uh, Jake Wright uh, forcing home an equaliser at the end of the first half uh, before Martin Johnson then struck the, uh, the winner uh, to give them the, that fifth win from six games. Yeah, they're in fantastic form, aren't they, at the, um, mm. at the moment, Warminster? And I mean, going to Corsham and winning is no mean feat, so um, a pretty special result there. Um, we now move on, of course, to the, uh, the, the main body of matches that happened on the weekend of Saturday the 16th of March. Quite a few games to talk about in the Premier Division. And we start off with Bitten, of course. They lost out in the week. Could they bounce back against another high-flying side in Westbury United? Yeah, as you say, a huge week for Bitten. Big, big games uh, up and down the board. And they did manage to bounce back. Uh, a 3-1 win uh, home to Westbury. Uh, very much needed. Uh, moved six points clear of their opponents uh, following the victory. So obviously proved how, how important that game was towards the top of the table. Uh, four minutes uh, it took for, for Bitten to break the deadlock. Ben Bamman uh, scoring uh, scoring early doors uh, to take his tally to, to the season for 30 in all competition. Fantastic effort from him. Uh, then a long-range effort from uh, Ibrahima Diallo, uh, double the advantage, uh, with Scott Bright making it 3-0 in the opening minute in the second half. So pretty much game wrapped up then. Uh, but uh, yeah, Westbury managed to, to fight back a little bit. Dan Wharton sent off for, for Bitten, uh, the keeper. Uh, for bringing down Callum Demkiv uh, and uh, yeah, Demkiv brushed himself down uh, to, to fire home the penalty and to add another goal to his uh, ever-growing tally as well. But uh, yeah, Bitten uh, managed to hold on for the final 25 minutes with 10 men and uh, yeah, ran out 3-1 winners and uh, yeah, rebounded perfectly from the, uh, the midweek defeat. Another two sides who've been um, battling it out towards the top end of the Premier Division table are Bradford Town and Buckland Athletic and there was plenty of goals on display for this one. Yeah, indeed. Uh, a 2 all draw uh, and, and a big crowd, a three-figure crowd down there. And, uh, yeah, uh, Ryan Bush had a uh, put, put Buckland, Buckland ahead pretty early. Uh, but then uh, goals from Martin Lenahan and Dan Cosmo should turn the game in Bradford's favour. And, uh, yeah, just as it uh, looked as though uh, Bradford would be, be heading to all three points, uh, Dan Harrison sent off for the visitors. Uh, but they managed to, to find, a, find a really late equaliser, five minutes from time. Uh, Bush, who'd opened the scoring earlier in the game, uh, he popped up uh, right place at the right time and uh, yeah, completed a double and uh, yeah, grabbed, a, grabbed a, a crucial point for, for Buckland and that's that finish 2-2 down there. Now, Odd Down and Clevedon, um, two sides who've been in and out of form, I think it would be fair to say, um, this season and uh, this was another close encounter. 
Yeah, a good a good win this for Obdown. Eight matches uh, without a win coming into this one. Uh, and they were behind uh, for a good period of the match. Uh, Harry Smith uh, giving Cleveland uh, the, the lead before half-time. Uh, but then a, a new name, Brandon Benjamin, who scored twice uh, in the final 20 minutes uh, to, to complete a pretty dramatic comeback for, for Obdown to, yeah, as I say, uh, end a... And a pretty long run without a, without a win, so a good three points for, for the Bath side. Now, the biggest crowd of the day was at Plymouth Parkway, which is not surprising. Um, they, they took on Bridport, and uh, of course, for those of you who listen regularly to the podcast, you know we spoke to the Plymouth Parkway manager recently, and he said during that interview that Bridport were going to be a tough game, and so it proved, Tom. Yeah, this was, uh, yeah, got wrapped up until, yeah, later on. Um, a 2-1 win for Plymouth Parkway, so they, they sneaked their way to to another another victory uh, but this uh, yeah obviously that winning feeling is uh, is not going to go away I didn't feel like at the moment uh, showing no signs of letting up at all uh, took them 40 minutes to, to break down a, a tough Bridport defence uh, Ryan Lane teeing up Mike Williams a man in form obviously as we mentioned earlier we've made it 6-6 six and six in midweek so it's too sadly to 7-7 seven seven on the on the weekend uh, then a, a corner early in the second half from Jordan Trott don't believe it uh, a touch and went on the way in uh, <laughs> Conflicting reports from that one. I think Jordan's trying to claim the goal. Uh, so to, to, and that put uh, Parkway 2-0 up. But as you say, uh, Bridport, um, tough nuts crack. And uh, yeah, they managed to, to get a goal back midway through the second half through Ed Butcher. And uh, threatened late on, but were unable to, to quite grab the equaliser. So Parkway, uh, the, winning, uh, the winning run rolls on. And um, the, the last game we're going to be looking at now in the Premier Division is uh, Roman Glass and George. Not been enjoying the greatest of seasons, but um, obviously they came up last, uh, last season. Chipping Sudbury Town, they've had some famous afternoons in, uh, in recent weeks against some of the top boys in the, in the division. And uh, Well, they came up second best um, at Roman Glass. Yeah, they did. Uh, Roman Glass in even uh, more difficult form than uh, Oddown. Uh, a winning, a winless run uh, of... 13 matches they were they were enduring before this one, uh, but yeah, whenever the local rivals, uh, 3-1 victory, uh, goalless first half there. So uh, yeah, most of the action coming uh, in the after the break. Uh, Lewis Wentland putting him ahead, uh, Roman Glass with a free kick uh, before Nathan Legland doubled the doubled the advantage pretty soon after. Uh, Sobri managed to, to get back into the game. George Box uh, halving the deficit, uh, but then later on uh, Ken Oney uh, scored quite a lot of goals last year. Not heard his name as much. Uh, this season, uh, he managed to, to score in stoppage time to, to wrap up the victory for, for Roman Glass next to a, a really good cross from Reese Hodgson. So, yeah, a 3-1 victory for Roman Glass. Well, I'm delighted to welcome back to the Tool Station Western League podcast for the second time this season. It's Andy Gurney, the manager of Roman Glass St George. Um, a 3-1 win over Chipping Sudbury at the weekend, Andy. You must be really happy with that. Yeah, it was one that um, obviously we very much needed. It's been a very difficult few months with, uh, with obviously picking up points becoming very difficult but um, yeah it was a big game for us one that we had to win and um, you know we got another big game coming up Saturday now. You, you have I mean it had been a, a while um, since your your last win so I mean I know it sounds like a silly question in some respects but how important was it that you managed to get that result on Saturday? Yeah it was huge for us you know because um, the longer it goes more difficult it becomes in the case really over the last couple of months there's been a lot of games where we've actually played played quite well really and not been able to get results um, we've only had one real poor performance which was against Plymouth Parkway at home but other than that we've, we've played reasonably well and getting the goals has been a problem for us really so 
Now, obviously, you came up last season. Um, how have you found life in the in the Premier Division? Has it been harder than you thought? I think it has. I think it's been a factor of things, really. We had a good start, and then we did pick up quite a few injuries and things, and it's coincided with the start of our pool run, really. Um, but but um, we've had everyone back now for the last at least six weeks or so, so, you know, that excuse had to go out the window, really. And um, it's difficult, I think. Losing could become a habit as much as winning, like it was for us last season. But um, yeah, it has been it's been tough, um, and you know it's been good in a way of learning about the league and seeing what we need to improve on for next year. You know, hopefully, if um, we achieve what we need to achieve now, which is get enough points to ensure we stay in the division. Now, um, if we look at the, the teams that are fighting it out at the top of the table, you've seen quite a fair bit of, of Will and Plymouth Parkway and Westbury in, in recent weeks. What do, what do you make at those, um, th- of those teams at the top of the table? And specifically, I mean, how much of a gap do you think exists between the, those teams fighting it out at the top and those teams um, fighting it out at the bottom? I think Plymouth Parkway were the team for me that stood out in terms of um, obviously having very good players, um, but also being very physically strong, you know, big, strong side, well-organised, um, and I think they were the team that stood out, and like I say, we've matched most teams in, in, in other games, and just not been able to get the, the goals we need when those chances come along, but um, certainly Plymouth, um, for me, but probably by far and away, the outstanding team that we've, that we've come up against, I think. Can you see them going all the way this season? I think it's very tight, isn't it, with them and Willem, but I think the you know, Plymouth have been on an amazing run, really, haven't they? And it would be no surprise to me if they end up finishing at the top of the table. Looking at um, the rest of the season from, from your perspective, obviously you're going to want to get as many points on the board as possible. I mean, have you set a target for the side or have you got a target in mind that, you, uh, that you'd be happy with um, for come, come the final day of the season? I think first and foremost is, is just making sure we get enough points to, to stay in the division. Now, obviously, it would be very nice to to have a little run towards the end and, and, and finish as high as we possibly can. But at this moment in time, with, with the, the run we've been on, I'd probably take finishing where we are now. And, and that would mean we're still in the division for next year. But obviously, week by week, if we can pick those points up, it would be, it would be great to... To, to finish as high as we possibly can, but um, like I say, the, the main aim is to make sure we stay in the division. Uh, now, Brislington up next, and that won't be easy for you, will it? No, it'll be another very difficult game. They're um, obviously in a very similar position to ourselves. Um, they'll be thinking the same things to get to get those points on the board to make sure that um, they stay up. So it's going to be a very difficult game. I'd imagine it'll be a very tight one. And, It'll be one in which we need to take those chances when they come our way, be be nice and strong and organised, and and hopefully we can can get the right result. But it'll be a a very, very tough game, one in which, like I say, both teams will be giving everything they've got to get those points. One final question for you, um, Andy. Um, uh, It's come to light that next season um, we'll see Sinbins introduced um, into the Western League for the first time. How do you feel about that initiative? I I did hear it the other day, and, uh, yeah, I've not really heard enough about it to to make a comment on it, really, but how that would work 
I, I don't really know. I mean, for example, the goalkeeper, how do you put the goalkeeper in a sim bin? You know, I don't, I don't know how that one will work if, if, uh, if that situation arose. So I don't know. I'm not sure about that one, to be perfectly honest. It's a, it's a bit of a Johnny Nash, then, Andy. There's more questions than answers. Yeah, I think sometimes it's like people are looking for things to change, and I don't know why, really, because I think the way we are works, and why try and change it? But... But who knows, we shall see. Andy, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it, and um, all the best of luck for the rest of the season. Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's a... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. And now we move on to the First Division and we kick things off with Ashton and Backwell United. They were at home to Sherbourne Town, who've been on a very, very good run of form. Tom, did they continue it? Mm, indeed. So obviously Ashton uh, had moved up into, into third spot last week. Uh, but uh, yeah, no sooner they'd done that than they had to take on a Sherbourne team who yeah, might be sitting in the bottom half. But they are one of the, uh, yeah, the, the, the better teams in the division at the moment. This was, well, this was a matchup between two of the informed teams. And it was, uh, yeah, Sherbourne who ran out 2-1 victors. Uh, the away side going ahead, uh, Matt Brown, uh, before Jordan Bishop then, uh, yeah, managed to, to grab an equaliser for Ashton three minutes before, before the break. So it was one all going into half-time. Uh, but then with two minutes left, uh, so really late on, uh, this one was decided to, uh, to a tight, tightly fought contest. Uh, Hayden Hodges fouled in the area and uh, Josh Williams uh, stepped up, uh, dispatching the penalty to, to secure all three points for Sherbourne. Now, Bishop's Lydiard against um, my own Devizes Town, and this was something of a one-sided affair, Tom. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, just just the six for, for Lydiard uh, on this occasion. So they're now averaging uh, five goals a game over the last couple of weeks. I think they've gone uh, five, four, and, and back up to six for their last three goal tallies. So, uh, yeah, doing extremely well in front of goal. They've got their uh, shooting boots on at the moment. And, yeah, put, put, uh, put Devizes to the sword. Uh, Cofferson Road on Saturday. A six-one win. Uh, Harry Miller scoring twice, uh, and then uh, also goals for uh, Zach Ryder, Ryan Brereton, Luke Bryan, and then also Ben Hepditch. So yeah, big another big win for for Bishop Lydiard. Well, I'm delighted to welcome to the Tool Station Western League podcast Gary Brown, the chairman of Bishop's Lydiard. Previously, we spoke to manager Brett Andrews, but uh, on this occasion, we get a, we get to have a chance to talk to the chairman just to find out a little bit more about the uh, the life at the club. Um, Gary, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us. No problem, mate. No problem at all. Um, obviously, in our conversations with Brett, um, we talk very much about your first team, but actually there's an awful lot going on at Bishop's Lydiard than just Western League football. C- can you tell us a little bit about, about the structure and the number of sides that you run at the club? Yeah, um, we're, we're operating. We, we operate with 21 teams at the football club, from soccer school right the way through to the adult section, and that's... Um, both genders so um, we're looking at we've got a very strong girls section that started under 11 and the, the objective there is to feed into uh, the ladies first team longer term so we've got you know Saturday mornings and Sunday afternoons are extremely busy at the club with ladies and kids football and then Saturday afternoon is obviously um, Western League football which you know it, it's it's bringing 
it's bringing hope to a lot of the younger age groups that come up. So the whole philosophy of the club is to provide a safe and fun environment for the youth teams to practice and express themselves. So on a Saturday afternoon, it's a, it's a break from from that into competitive football. With the number of teams that you, you have at the club, do you see a benefit in terms of your Saturday attendances? Will people who are involved in the other sides with the club, will they, will they stay on and have an afternoon to cheer on the, the, the Western League side? We get a lot of the kids coming up to, to watch football. Obviously, part of their membership um, is free entry uh, into, into the game. Um, and, you know, we see a lot of parents up there on Saturday afternoon for, for me, it's great to see the kids up there watching and, and, you know, it's something for them to aspire to, really. I mean, looking specifically at the, the, the women's and girls' teams, how many people would you say have you got involved in that side? And I don't just mean on, on the playing side, because, of course, you've got people who are coaches and, um, you know, involved in, in support functions as well. Um, in the, the, the lady side um, is run by a, a lady called Judy Boker, and she's the director of... Um, girls and ladies football Bishop Lydian and she operates with seven or eight coaches through the girls section um, and the girls side believe it or not is, is better supported a lot of the time than the uh, the boys football so it's, it's good to see um, young ladies out there practicing the game as, as well as young boys now if we look specifically at your involvement with the club how long have you been involved with uh, Bishop's Lydian um, I've, I've been involved for um, a long time as a player, um, but actually on the committee, um, I've been involved for 19 years, so I took on the secretary's role when the previous chairman, Peter Derman, uh, took on the chairman role. So I've been involved for 19 years at the club, both playing and secretary, and then for the last four or five years is, is chairman. One of the reasons it's fantastic to have you on the podcast is um, it obviously gives us an opportunity to find out a little bit more about the, the role of a, of a Western League chairman. I mean, the, um, we normally hear from the managers, and of course we're very much focused on what goes on on, on the pitch, but can you give us a flavour of the different responsibilities that you have um, as, as a chairman of a football club? Um, for, for me, as, as chairman, it's making sure that everybody that visits Bishop Lydia Football Club has... Um, an experience to go away with that they can take and want to come back to Bishop Lydiard. Now, that's some referees right the way through to the opposition. So most of the uh, most of my Saturday afternoons on the home games uh, are spent on the gate, making sure that everyone's welcome to the club, um, players, officials alike, and then making sure that everybody enjoys their afternoon and dealing with unnecessary behaviour on occasions, but making sure everybody goes away happy and wanting to come back to the football club. So that's the main. Um, as far as the tool station Western is concerned, it's, it's very well run um, and it's a, a credit to all that are involved. You know, every club we travel to are welcoming um, and, you know, they take a lot of time out to actually engage with you, which is a, a big difference from grassroots football. So let's talk about your, your side's, um, um, your first team's um, performance on the pitch this season. You've been in fantastic goal-scoring form of late. Um, of late we have. I think it's 15 in the last three games, which is superb. And it's um, the lads have been, they've, they've been putting a lot of effort in um, and they're losing late on in games and you know that's that can be said but I think since the Cheddar game where we drew one each they actually started to get a little bit of belief um, we then faced Kencham um, at home and were unlucky to lose 
um, by an odd goal. But of the last few weeks, the lads have certainly put performance in and there's a determination there for them to go up through the league and uh, not not be in the bottom half, if you like. So they're working hard behind the scenes. You know, Brett and the coaching staff are... Um, have got a morale there, and it's it's very easy when you're winning to carry on winning. But when you're when you're in the rut and going down the table, you know it's 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 difficult to get the morale going. But they've certainly done well to to get you know everything back on track, and we're looking forward to the remainder of the season. Well, the, the morale must be pretty good after Saturday's performance, six-one at home to Devizes. You must be very pleased with that result. Uh, extremely, extremely. To be fair to Devizes, they battled all the way through, and it, it could have been a closer result. There could have been a lot more goals, but for some some great goalkeeping and, and great defending, really. So everything we we touched turned to gold on Saturday. It's good to see. And now you've got Wincanton away this Saturday. Now that won't be easy for you. No, Wincanton's never easy. Um, there's always a, a good crowd there um, backing their their team. Um, we just uh, again, you know, it's it's getting the lads in the right the right uh, state of mind when they go out on the pitch with that, that will to win and grab another three points. So um, it's always a toughie at Wincant. We we played them in the county league many moons ago, and uh, now we're we're meeting them in the tool station. But yeah, we're looking very much looking forward to it, and the hospitality Wincant is always great as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to having a, a Saturday off, to be fair, and you know enjoying the game. Now, I often have the pleasure through the podcast of talking to managers about some of the issues that are going on in grassroots football. Um, from a chairman's perspective, what, what, are, what, are, what are the big challenges, what are the big issues that you think are facing the grassroots game? Um, of, of the main, um, volunteers is, is, and keeping everything working is extremely difficult. In every club that we visit, there's always a few doing everything in, you know, actually getting parents to commit or not not necessarily parents but getting people to commit to coaching and, and fulfilling a season is becoming harder and harder and harder with, with people having to work weekends etc so um, and I'm seeing that across uh, the whole of um, the clubs that we visit where you know there's four or five people doing everything all day so I think volunteers is the main um, the main issue it, it definitely for Bishop Lydia Football Club I mean, one of the hot topics at the moment, we've, we've seen this week that there's been an announcement made that Sinbins will feature in the Western League for the first time next season. How, how do you feel about that? I think it's a good move. And as a club, we support it. So we've been, we've been lucky enough to see it in action with the Taunton District Saturday Football League, which is where our reserves play this, uh, playing their football this year. And um, it's been working. So we're seeing uh, referees treated with a bit more respect and you know to be fair referees that come to Bishop's Lily Football Club are always well supported but the sin being yeah I'm 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 a great believer in, in getting the attitude right on the pitch and you know actually from the dugout as well so, so for me I think it's a very positive step so for those people listening to this who aren't necessarily familiar with the concept of the sin bin given that you've um, um you've seen it working in action, uh, it's very much a tool that's um, that's looking to address player dissent towards match officials. That 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 seem is that is that the thrust of the initiative? Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. What what you'll find um, is once players see one player go and sit in the sim bin, um, the whole attitude towards the referee changes, um, and it a- actually allows the referee to concentrate on their game rather than uh, concentrate on on getting abuse. And it's it's 
a process that I believe that we need to go through just to gain that respect again. One final question, Gary. Looking looking into the future, uh, where do you see Bishop's Lydiard um, Football Club at the moment? Obviously, you're in you're in the first division. Do do you have um, ambitions um, to progress into the Premier Division of the Western League, or is it is it more about consolidating what you've got going on as a uh, more holistically around the other sides involved with the club? Um, our our long term gain is to. Um, get our reserve side closer to our first team so that we can develop a full squad on a Saturday. Um, and yes, of course, we want to develop into the Premier and we want to go as far as we can, reminding ourselves that we are still a very small village club um, that I believe is punching above its weight at the moment. So, aspirationally, yes. Um, Financial-wise, then, we've got to uh, take stock of what we've got. Um, every penny we make as a club actually gets put back into the club and the facilities at this present time so longer term if we can get sponsorship and attract better, you know, players that need to be paid then fine but at this moment in time I think the current squad are more than capable of, of um, playing at that level with the support from the reserves now on the ladies we want to progress that as well um, so we've got ambitions but we've, we've just got to remember that um, we don't want to be up one day and down the next so we need to consolidate what we've got and you know plan for the future in, in playing in the higher league well Gary thank you very much for your for your time today and uh, and sort of shining a light on what uh, what goes on um, at, a, at, a, at a Western League football club I mean I've been aware for some time that um, our clubs although we focus on their Western League football actually they have a number of other responsibilities in their local community and, and the depth of, of uh, football at your club particularly what you described with the women's game as well I think is such an important um, part of our national game and uh, it's great that, that, that your your I'd get some recognition um, for for the work that you do. This is grassroots football and for me it's about developing um, players at a very early age and you know we do lose players to higher clubs but we we encourage them to go and play at the the level that they should be playing at so um, that's one thing that we'll carry on doing it's not nice losing players to other clubs but at the end of the day they deserve and they've got every right to move on and I think that's that's evident, especially in the girls' section with um, young Emily Simon, who who was a big part of football at Bishop Lydiard, and she's now playing for England under 19. So you know, there's, there's credit there to to not only the coaches that have, have brought her through, but to Emily herself, who's who's worked really hard to um, progress progress her game. That's that's great, Gary. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Ian. There was a much closer affair between Calm Town and Canesham Town. Of course, Canesham fighting it out for the title at the top of the division. Khan, they've had a bit of a blip in their form recently, but uh, this was a very close encounter. Yeah, it was. Uh, really, Canesham will be uh, yeah pretty relieved to have come away with all three points in this one. And the uh, the victory coinciding with the uh, the other result at the top has meant they do go uh, back to the top of the table. Uh, so, yeah, 1-0 victory away at Khan. Uh, the only goal uh, coming on the hour mark uh, with Harley Purnell, uh, another man who I think scored straight from a free kick. Uh, sorry, straight from a corner. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's that's the belief anyway. I think it. Uh, yeah, it was a windy afternoon, and uh, yeah, his his set piece ending up in the back of the car net to to give Kenshin the uh, the slimmest of victory. Well, we've been wondering in recent weeks uh, where where Chard Town have gone because um, their form has. Um, 
taking a bit of a nosedive, but they certainly turned up at the weekend uh, against a quality outfit in Cheddar. Indeed, uh, a two-all draw uh, there at the Denning Sports Field between Chard and Cheddar. Uh, the away side uh, going ahead inside 100 seconds uh, through Adam Jones, obviously one of the most lethal strikers in, in the first division. Uh, so he put his, his, his side ahead. Uh, but then, yeah, Chard managed to, to come back into it. Uh, Stephen Friend firing home from the penalty spot after 12 minutes to, to level things. Uh, and then uh, Cheddar had a spot kick of their own. Uh, but Chris Coombs... Uh, thwarted by man of the match, Scott Weld. Uh, he was uh, yeah, making a number of saves. Uh, looking at the, the running commentary on Saturday afternoon, he seemed to be keeping a lot of uh, lot of cheddar opportunities uh, out of the net. So he had a had a brilliant afternoon. Uh, Chard then did actually uh, yeah move move ahead in the game. Friend scoring his second uh, with a well taken volley. Uh, but Cheddar did manage to to eventually beat um, uh, the Chard keeper again. And it was uh, Stephen Pennington heading home uh, 15 minutes from time. And, uh, yeah, that was how it stayed. So uh, an entertaining tour draw between Chard and Cheddar. And finally, in the first division, uh, we finish off by looking at the battle of the basement between Radstock Town and Portishead. And, um, well, Portishead took a valuable three points. Oh, yeah, absolutely massive. Uh, obviously, Radstock been doing OK recently, so Portishead needed this. And, uh, yeah, a 2-1 win away at... Uh, away at their uh, uh, relegation rivals as, as Newton uh, level on points uh, with Radstock uh, coming from behind in this one uh, Radstock going ahead after, after 13 minutes uh, Finn Haynes heading in, heading in across from uh, Alex Fitzgerald uh, but then Callum, after Callum Eastwood had uh, levelled the scores on the, scores on the half hour mark uh, Porters had managed to, to, to gain the winner uh, and it was James Steele uh, who managed to after 60 minutes to uh, to give Porters had their fourth win from eight, so they're uh, yeah doing pretty well uh, at the moment and uh, moving on. I think they're up to up to 18th now. So yes, we take a look into the future at the uh, the fixtures on Saturday, the 23rd of March, and uh, what tickles your fancy in the Premier Division, Tom? Well, I think I pinched this one ahead of ahead of you when you asked me earlier, so I think I'll uh, yeah stick with uh, Westbury versus Plymouth Parkway. Uh, obviously, Westbury has uh, yeah hit a bit of a rut recently, a couple of defeats. Uh, probably out of the running to, to finish top uh, but Plymouth Parkway very much uh, that's not the case of course uh, a big winning run uh, but they yeah I think it's pretty obvious that this will be one of their tougher games uh, to finish the season and if they are to continue winning uh, well fair play to them but yeah uh, a game away at Westbury for, for Plymouth Parkway on Saturday afternoon should uh, yeah um, see see how, how well they're doing recently well, I've gone for Chipping Sodbury against Willen Rovers. Uh, by any other stretch of the imagination, this should, re- this should really be a, a routine p- three points for our league leaders. But Chipping Sodbury have something of a reputation for taking um, significant scalps. Yes, over the course of this season, um, Chipping Sodbury in February beat Bitten um, at Bitten. And, um, and then in January, beat Plymouth Parkway at Plymouth Parkway. So um, certainly when it comes to the big games, Chipping Sudbury don't have anything to fear from uh, the teams at the top of the table. It'll be interesting to see how they, um, how they get on against Willand um, at, at their place. Anyway, moving on then, Tom. And what about which game caught your eye in the first division? So it's one of the top two. Uh, seem to plump for them most weeks, but obviously they're the, they're the big games. Uh, we've got Canesham, uh, really tough trip away at Longwell Green Sports, who are now up in fourth. I mean, they've had a, a terrific turnaround, Longwell Green. Um, beaten 6-2 earlier by the same opponents earlier in the season. I'd find, that hard to, find it hard to believe that we'll see a repeat of that. Uh, but yeah, Longwell Green up in fourth, Canesham pressure on. Uh, we've obviously their battle with Cheddar uh, to finish top. Uh, going down to the wire by the looks of it, and uh, yeah, uh, a fascinating affair. 
uh, on Saturday afternoon, I'm sure. Absolutely. Well, I've um, also gone for a top-of-the-table clash. It's second against third when Cheddar take on Ashton and Backwell United. Win the game. It's the game in hand that Cheddar have over Canesham, and, of course, um, uh, that would put them back in the, uh, in the driving seat in the league. Um, but um, Ashton and Backwell, I'm sure, will have a, have a few things to say about that. Cheddar having that wobble uh, last week away at Chard and uh, Ashton and Backwell. Ashton and Backwell also losing, so both sides desperate to uh, address um, um, the results from the weekend, I'm sure. But I'm sure that will be a really good game. Um, Cheddar, a good side, as we know, and um, I did get a chance to see Ashton and Backwell um, earlier this season. And th- th- there's, there's certainly not a false league position. They are, they are definitely a footballing side. Anyway, that concludes our roundup of the matches and the fixtures. And uh, on this week's podcast, we're going to be having a look at the hot shots, Tom. So who's hot? And who's not? <laughs> okay, so yeah, top goal scorers, a uh, little update. Uh, Premier Division, uh, league goals only. We've got Jack Taylor, uh, still top of the pops. Uh, 26 goals uh, for Bridgewater so far this season. Uh, we've then got Callum Demkin, who obviously scored uh, another one on the weekend. He's up to 23 league goals now for Westbury. And Luke Mortimer uh, of Willand has 21. Uh, in the first division, we've still got the, uh, the Cheddar duo leading the way at the top. Uh, league goals. Uh, Adam Jones has 26, Adam Wright has 25, uh, and then you've got Ashton Backwell, uh, Cal Townsend, uh, their centre forward, he's got 19 uh, league goals this season, so having a terrific season. Um, uh, and then in all competitions, uh, Mortimer of Willand, uh, 32 goals in total for him, uh, just ahead of Demkib on 31, and Taylor on 30, so obviously those three uh, doing well in both league and cup. Uh, and then we've also got Ben Bowman, as mentioned earlier, he's uh, reached the uh, the the, the 30 mark uh, on the weekend as well so yeah and uh, yeah he's uh, level with Taylor in third excellent stuff Tom thank you very much for your time pleasure uh, obviously we're looking at your excellent bulletin and that can be found on the Toolstation Western League website yeah indeed yeah that's on the uh, on the homepage uh, and there's, a, there's also a tab along the top which should take you to the uh, the most recent uh, article which comes out most Sunday well it comes out every week but it's usually around Sunday lunchtime Excellent. And, of course, you also pen your column for the non-league paper. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, Premier Division Roundup, uh, which goes in the Step 5 and 6 section. So that should be in, in all the usual place. Wonderful stuff, Tom. Thanks again um, for, uh, for your assistance with this. And um, I look forward to speaking to you and reflecting on a bit of Western League football that I'm hoping to see, weather permitting, mm-hmm. uh, next weekend uh, when we catch up on the Toolstation Western League podcast.